you need to do. Go in for a free consultation. Their number is 72. Mike Rowe here for one hour today. Chuck is jockey. Are you worried about the markets? How Please find out about the latest technology to give you silence. They're having a free seminar to talk about this brand new technology that's in the world. This morning, I was at my other church, St. Arbuck's. <laughs> Hanging out there, I ran into some old friends, uh, guys that uh, my kids um, played football with their kids way back when they were in peewee football. Been a long time, and uh, their greeting to me was, Merry Christmas. And all of a sudden, man, the sounds of Christmas flooded into my head again. I wasn't ready to hear that. What's funny is we've been preparing uh, now for a couple of weeks for Christmas, but you would think because of all that I'd be ready. The truth was I just simply wasn't ready. It was like the first, uh uh-oh, here it is upon us. In fact, three weeks from today, Christmas Eve, I don't know if you have let it sink into your heart yet, into your mind, and what it means for your schedule, but for ours, it gets to be a very busy time in the next few weeks. I love it. Excited about it. Um, As my friends wish me Merry Christmas, it got me thinking about all the Christmas sounds that happened. When I was writing my message this past week, I wrote down uh, six sounds that are indelibly printed on my brain that go with Christmas. See if you can relate to any of them. When you think about Christmas, do you think about carols? It's one that always just sticks there. Uh, Tuesday night this, uh, this past week, Chris and I were home alone, which is rare because one of our kids lives with us and probably will for the rest of his life. And he was out, we were alone, and that doesn't happen a whole lot, and we did something really romantic. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was on TV. (laughs) So two 52-year-old adults sat back and watched a cartoon that came out the year we were born. It was really funny. That song sticks in my head over and over this time of year. I even wrote it, Rudolph being one of the carols. You know Dasher. Dancer. Yeah, you know, you know the one. It's just the one that sticks in my head. I read a book. I always look for like obscure books, weird books, different books, things that I just like to just fill my head with trivia sometimes. And I found a book uh, that the writer, actually listen to this, 248 pages on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You think you could write that much about it. But Rudolph, I found this out, I didn't know it. Uh, Rudolph was the creation of an ad man for the store Montgomery Wards. How many of you remember that store right there? They were second only at one time in our country to Sears Roebuck, believe it or not. Sears used to be huge. Montgomery Wards was huge. And Montgomery Wards wanted something that would attract visitors at Christmas time. So their people got together. They hired a Jewish ad man, believe it or not, to write a jingle for Christmas. And it was a kid that was bullied growing up in school, so he wrote about himself when he wrote about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
a little reindeer that was bullied. He saw himself in that. Listen to this. Montgomery Wards, once it was all done and completed, Montgomery Wards actually rejected it because they thought that the red nose would remind too many people of a drunk. <laughs> you believe that? And one executive said, no, I think this might work. And sure enough, man, it turned out to be something else, didn't it? The guy that wrote it was smart enough to go back the following year and ask for the copyright to it, and it made him a millionaire many times over from that right there. But Rudolph's one of those things that just when I hear it, it's the sound of Christmas. How about children's laughter? I think one of the best things that ever happened to me um, when it comes to Christmas was enjoying my children's laughter, but especially now enjoying our grandchildren's laughter at Christmas time. It's become for me the sound of Christmas, and man, do I cherish that. I love it. Christmas evening, Christmas morning, how fun it is. How about Santa's ho, ho, ho? It's one that always sticks. Right now, uh, one of our grandsons, Ezra, is a year and a half, and man, he can mimic and parrot everything that he hears right now. So just a couple of weeks ago, it was, what does a turkey say? And can you imagine a little one-and-a-half-year-old gobble, 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 how cute that is right now? What does Santa say? And he'll tell us, ho, 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 over and over again. So that's become the sound of Christmas to us right now. How about the Salvation Army ringing the bell at every entrance to the mall across America? You can't step by it hardly. The story of Christ's birth. It's one that this time of year is read. It's paid attention to. In my mind indelibly printed for the rest of my life will be my father-in-law reading that story to us every Christmas Eve. How important a tradition that has become for us, Dad, and how much we love to hear you read that story, and we treasure that. Just three weeks from now, we'll be reading it one more time. And last but not least, how about cash registers going off right now? I put that for the cynic and the business person amongst us. Because for some people, it represents like the commercialism of Christmas. And for some people, it's like this is the best time of year for them right there. I get it. A lot of different sounds. A lot of different ideas that connect us uh, to Christmas. Here was the thought when I wrote the message. A lot of people are around Christmas, experiencing Christmas, but they never hear the actual sound of Christmas. They never hear what it's about. They see the commercialism of it. They see the busyness of it. They see the jingles, maybe some of the fun things that I talked about, but they never hear the clear Christmas message. They don't know for real that it's God yelling at us, I love you, and I've given the ultimate price to let you know. Got a couple on our staff that told me a story that really resonated with me about their child, and I asked them would they be willing to tell it to you, so I recorded this so that you can hear it. But it might connect you to the idea that just because we're around something doesn't always mean that we hear what it's really about. Listen to this. Hi, JFC. It's Pastor. Got a really remarkable story that I want you to hear today. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to some good friends of mine. They're actually pastors on staff at our Highlands Ranch campus. This is uh, Jack and Dion Dodge. Uh, I go back with them uh, quite, a, quite a ways in time. And uh, here's the most uh, exciting news um, about what we're doing. These are going to be our Parker Campus Pastors. woo Yes. Yeah. And uh, actually, um, we're, we'll be launching that right after uh, the first of the year in 2017. And we'll be 
uh, talking more about that in just a little while. But today, uh, there's a story that I want them to, uh, to tell you, and I want you to hear this. So uh, specifically, this is a story about your youngest son, Josiah, and a situation that you had with him. And would you um, maybe tell us a little bit about, uh, about that story? So when the boys were younger, uh, and Jojo, our youngest, uh, his name is Josiah, but we call him Jojo. Uh, when he was about a year old, um, we found out, that, or we were noticing that he was just a really quiet boy. Well, a little over a year into him being born, we found out that, uh, that he was profoundly deaf. I can't imagine finding out that you're child is deaf and how difficult that must have been um, for you. So maybe just, can you take us there for just a second? You get the diagnosis. What, what is your thought process? What, what goes through your minds when that happens? Well, you're sitting in this room and they come out and tell you that your child is profoundly deaf and all of a sudden your entire world just is changing of thinking everything I had planned for our child looks totally different. Mm -hmm. But then as a mother and as a father, we all of a sudden start to experience all these emotions of when he was in the womb, every night his daddy would read the Bible to him and he never heard that. I would, uh, every night I would sing to him and I would hold him and he never heard any of those any of those songs and then the question of someday who's going to love our son that's a big one that is a big one. who's going to marry our son someday is it's yeah. you know it's those things that touch your heart very deeply so yeah, yeah. I, I again i i think that uh, you know anybody listening to this that's a parent um, it's so difficult to even imagine the anguish you must have felt but the story doesn't um it doesn't end here and there's a really Remarkable is the word that I just keep coming up with. Miraculous. Um, so maybe take us from that diagnosis to what you did about it, what the Lord did for you. Dion is an amazing advocate for our sons. And she gets on the internet and she starts looking up and she quickly finds out that there's a thing called a cochlear implant, which is a device that allows a deaf person to be able to hear. Talk about, so the moment he hears for the first time, what's that like? Yeah, so we had been told to expect him to cry because when a child has never heard sound and all of a sudden the world of sound is opened up to them, the world is a very loud place. And so they said, you just need to be prepared that he's going to, um, he's probably going to cry. And uh, so that's what we were anticipating. And they said, okay, we're getting ready to turn it on. And when they turned it on, he stopped playing and just went, like, looked just absolutely amazed. And then I took a little block and I was kind of banging it on a little wooden chair. And he then took another block and just started banging it. So I, I know there's a, um, a specific story though regarding uh, the sounds of Christmas in particular. Yes and his first time experience in that. Would, would you yeah. tell us about that? Yeah, so Christmas, as we all know, it's, it's filled with so many different sounds. Um, but for him, Christmas had always been very, it was a silent time. He had never experienced anything with any sounds of Christmas. And so we were in Hobby Lobby because I love to decorate for Christmas <laughs> and I needed more Christmas decorations. And as we were walking down the aisle, he saw a Christmas bell. 
and it was obviously very shiny and he went over and he picked it up and, and I'm looking at him holding this bell and he's just holding it, looking at the pretty shiny bell, having no idea that this bell actually made sound. And so he's just holding it, looking at it and I walked over and I picked it up and I jingled it a little bit and he looked at me like, you gotta be kidding me, this thing makes sound. And so he started jingling it and next thing I know, we have every jingle bell, I think in the aisle, all out and we are, we're rolling them down the aisle, we're playing with them, we're jingling them. And at that moment, the sound of a jingle bell had such a new meaning to me that I had never ever even thought of, of what a beautiful sound it was because of the, the depth of what that moment meant for yeah. our little boy hearing Christmas sounds for the, for the first, first time. time. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, it it, it uh, in, in a way it, it goes with um, with with our theme here because uh, you know he's he's holding on to uh, a bell and not really having any idea of the significance of it and and um, and just I, I mean it's it's almost ironic mm -hmm. that you could you could hold it and not know that it actually has a sound that goes with it like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it reminds me also of how you have people who don't know the Lord, and they don't know Jesus, and the, um, that that is the whole reason why we celebrate Christmas. Yeah. And they celebrate Christmas, but there's no meaning to it because it's all just Santa and Christmas, or presents and things like that. But when you experience it for the first time knowing it's celebrating the birth of our Savior. It's a whole new meaning. So this yeah. bell had a whole new meaning. And gosh, for somebody who accepts the Lord and it's their first Christmas knowing their Savior, how cool is that? I'm like, that's pretty neat, so. It's truly, I mean, the, the real sound of Christmas, it's ironic, you could be around it and not realize. Yeah. And suddenly when you hear it for the very first time, how yeah. powerful yeah. that is. Mm -hmm. It's just remarkable. Well, listen, yeah. I, I wanna thank you both for um, allowing us to come into your family and for um, for telling us the story. And in particular, I want to thank Josiah um, for, for allowing us to, to know this part of his life. It really, it's remarkable. It's a remarkable story. And I bless both of you and I look forward to all that God has uh, coming up for our church yes. in 2017. Story. It's truly, see his face when it, the implant first comes on and just the joy that's there and how he realizes for the very first time what what is actually going on. I think where it connects and what I'm trying to say in this is that you can be around things and never actually hear what they're really about. You, you, can, you can even hold them in your hands and experience them and never really hear what's being said to you. Now, I think Christmas, in my mind, says these three things. I think this is God's sound to us, his connection to us. I think these are the things that he's trying to say to us. And in my mind, this is what Christmas is about. If you got a pen, you might want to write it in there. It's the sound of good news. The sound of good news. Probably one of the most familiar Christmas scriptures that gets used this time of year is from the book of Luke. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. I think that's a legitimate experience if you saw a lot of angels singing. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. 
Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. It's really a baby announcement that brings the good news. When I was writing this, um, I thought about all five of mine and how the announcement came down. With Amy, it was our first one. We were so young, 20 years old, pregnant, and a little girl. Gosh, my first one brought such joy to me. I can't even express. When I was thinking back 30 years ago, how profound that was. Man, that was remarkable. Number two, my first boy. Wow, how excited I was, how proud I was, what joy that brought to me. Number three, my little girl, Katie. She was my buddy right from the beginning. She had her way of um, (laughs) keeping her father from ever disciplining her, and it's still true (laughs) today. The one, though, that I would focus on was our twins. Uh, Chris and I were very happy with three. I had Amy and Brent early, Katie a little later, and we thought our family was really complete and full at five. We were good. Uh, Before I could finalize that (laughs) came the good news announcement. I'm pregnant. How did this happen? No, I knew exactly. We were several months into the pregnancy before we realized it was twins. And the way that it was announced to me, Chris came home with a bag. We were in the middle of moving. We were in Lexington, Kentucky. We were coming back to Colorado, our home. We were so excited to get back here. We could not wait. We were going to Northern Colorado Resurrection Fellowship. It was an answer to our prayers. We had waited a long time for God to open that door up. And it was right in the middle of such a busy, busy time. The movers were there. We were trying to get things out of the house, get it clean, get in the car, get on the road. And Chris is trying to tell me how her appointment went at the doctor's. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And finally, when she realized, okay, he's not getting it, she hands me a bag, and the inside of it are two bottles, two pacifiers, two blankets. And here's my man response. Did you get a two-for-one sale? This is great. (laughs) And she said, surprise. And we went from three to four to five in an instant of time. But man, the joy, the joy that that good news brought to me. My whole life, I will hold on to that joy. My whole life of all the things I've accomplished and all the things that have happened for me and all good and bad in my life, man, what I hold on to, those five announcements are the five most precious things in my life that have ever happened to me, man. The five greatest gifts that I was ever given, including my marriage to my wife. When I think about this story, this is God himself trying to reveal to people the sound of Christmas in his mind is, it's good news. Of all the things that God could have said, of all the announcements he could have made, of all the statements that could have been the first thing we hear from God, here's his statement to mankind. I bring you good news. Could you imagine if the first statement would have been, it's judgment day? (laughs) I worked for a guy one time, (laughs) pastor, we went into staff, and he had it in or a particular staff member, and I remember he began our meeting by going, today is judgment day, and the guy was sitting right next to me. When the pastor looked, he looked in our direction. I thought, this is it, it's over with. When he singled out this other guy, I never felt so good about somebody else being in such trouble (laughs) my entire life. Think about an announcement like that. Here's the good news. God's very first statement to mankind through Jesus is, I bring you good news. So many people today, when they think about God, when they think about what he's doing, man, they get such convoluted ideas and thoughts, and it messes up the whole sound that they're hearing. Some people think that God is in judgment. Some people think that God is angry. Some people think that God is out to get them. When I was a little kid, I was raised in the Catholic church, New Orleans, Louisiana. 
South Louisiana Catholic. They still did the masses in Latin. I don't remember ever understanding anything that went on in our church. In the very front of the church, now that I'm older, I realize what it was, but they had a sculpture of Moses holding the Ten Commandments. And it was one of those real archaic ones with the flowing beard, like uh, Da Vinci's uh, Adam and God tried to touch each other. You know what that looking at, does it bring a pic? You know how formal that looks and how big the figures look? This is what this sculpture in the front of our church looked like. It was Moses with the Ten Commandments, and he looked angry. And I didn't know that was Moses. I thought that was God, and it created a picture in my mind where I just thought God was always mad. And that's why nobody made any noise in church. <laughs> God would get you if you did. It was just so formal, and it was so quiet, and it was just so heavy. And it's funny because here I am, almost 53 years passed by, and I still have trouble from time to time trying to remember that God's not mad and that God loves me and that his message to me is good news, not bad news. And so many people today, man, have such the wrong picture of God and the wrong idea about how he feels about them and where God is at with the people of this world. I think Christmas, the most clear definition I could give you of Christmas is that God is yelling at mankind, I've got good news for you. I love you and I care for you and my arms are open to you. So many times that's so convoluted with people. Let me give you the next sound of Christmas that I think is just so clear from God. It's the sound of peace from the Old Testament. Marcus actually mentioned this. We didn't collaborate together, but he mentioned that Jesus, when he stood up and read, he read from the book of Isaiah. This happened 700 years before Jesus actually existed in the flesh on the earth. Isaiah, in a prophecy, says this about Jesus. Unto us, a child is born. Look how specific this is. Unto us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. I love this title. He's the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And when I think about peace and what it'll be like someday when the government fully rests upon his shoulders... Uh, every day now, um, since the heart attack, I, I work out, uh, all but Sundays. It's the only day that I don't, and I get enough of a workout here on a weekend. But every day from my house, we live real close to 470 in Lucent, and if you ever drive by that way, you know they built a new children's hospital right there. Can you think what it looks like and where it's at? It's huge. It's a massive hospital. Now, I'll leave my house, and I have a route that I go by, but it takes me by children's hospital before I go down, and I get on the Highline Canal and circle all the way back up. And when I jog by that hospital, every time I begin to pray that God would empty that hospital out. <laughs> every time, man, every time I go by, it's a great reminder. It takes me about two minutes to get all the way around it. And the whole way around it, what I'm praying is, God, empty this hospital out. God, uh, let, let, let the children in this hospital just heal them. Bring, I, how wonderful would that be? So let me give you a picture of what the government will look like when it rests upon his shoulders fully. The headlines one day will read of all the monuments that men have made. The one that might testify to their compassion were the hospitals that were created. And now they stand only as empty reminders that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace reigns forever and ever. They're now empty and only a reminder of a time in a world that was. How good will that day be right there? Again, man, my imagination goes to all those types of things when I think about the peace of God and the things that he wants to do in this world. And it's peace. 
His reaching out to make peace between us. You know, I've said this before. Uh, when it comes to having peace, you have to have two people that want it. For those of you who are married, you know it, only one person wanting peace doesn't bring peace in a relationship, does it? Both people have to want it. God, on his part, has made peace possible. The thing that stood between he and I, the offense, what we did to pull ourselves away from him, to go our own way, we couldn't even take care of ourselves. Most of us didn't even recognize it. But God, in his mercy, decided, you know what? I didn't do it, but I'll take the responsibility for it on myself, and I'll fix it by sending Jesus to pay for what was wrong. Some people look at Jesus today, and they have the whole idea wrong that Jesus is some other religion or just a good man or a nice person. Jesus is none of those things, really. You want to know what he is? He's God's answer to what was broken between us and him. He's our bridge or our peace. For those of you who hear him call you, he's not calling you to religion or to get a better life or to reform or to be nice. Thank God he's not calling us to be nice. He calls us to peace with him. To peace. It takes two people to have peace, though. The one who's offended has to say, I forgive you. The one who's done the offending has to say, I want to be forgiven. So God's peace is given to all people, but it's only taken by those who say, I want that peace. Doesn't that make sense? So in a marriage, think about it. You can have a person who says, I'm willing to have a relationship, but if the other doesn't want it, it doesn't matter how hard somebody tries, two people have to come together to have peace. That's what God offers us, man, is his Peace. I think Christmas screams. The sound of Christmas is that he offers us peace. Here's the last one. It's the sound of I love you. John 3.16. Maybe the most familiar scripture ever. Every sporting event has some fanatic in the end zone with a sign. John 3.16. Yes or no? Last night when the Buffaloes played, there was a guy. By the third half, he actually hit his sign. He didn't want anybody to know. Oh, come on. I had to take a shot. John 3.16. Maybe the most familiar scripture of all time. God so what? Let's do it again. God so that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but could have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. I think it's the most concise, precise understanding of God's heart, God's love. Several years ago, Time Magazine did a top three sentences that people love to hear. Ranked in order, number one were the words, I love you. Their comment, it's the most important words that could ever be spoken between people are the words, I love you. The second word, Second sentence was, I forgive you. Powerful words, yes or no, I forgive you. And the third one, probably the one I like the most, time to eat. Those are the three most powerful sentences ranked by Time Magazine. I love you, I forgive you, time to eat. It actually said supper's ready. The sound, I love you. What powerful words they are. When my children say it, when my grandchildren say it, when my wife says it, when my church says it, when people say to each other, man, there's no more powerful words in the world than the words I love you. The same sound can bring two different reactions to people. 
don't know if you've ever noticed this. The same sound can bring two different reactions to people. On an airplane, a baby crying. For a passenger, it's the worst sound in the world. Honestly, if you've ever been stuck on a plane for a long period of time with an upset child, it's a hard thing to listen to. For the mother of that child, it elicits sympathy, care, a heart, empathy. Two different people hearing the same sound can have two very different reactions. When God yells the words, I love you, people who hear it, God melts their heart. It opens their lives. It causes some people to stop in their tracks, open their ears, and then they're attuned to it. And some people hear the exact same thing, the exact sound, and it turns their heart away. And I would just say, man, they're hearing it from the wrong point of view. Not to compare God's calling to us with a baby crying, but he sent a baby into this world whose cry was, I love you. And for some people, it instantly melts their heart. It turns their whole life upside down. And others hear it, man, and they push back from it. It never amazes me that the same sound can bring two different reactions. My takeaway, this whole series, what we want you to experience, what we hope happens for you over the next three and a half weeks, the takeaway is that you would hear the clear sound of Christmas And understand that it's God's invitation for relationship. Man, our church exists for these two things. Listen to this. God gave this to me almost 19 years ago. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. And I keep it now in my office at home. And every once in a while I just pull it back out. All my pastors can recite it. I hope that you know it. We say it over and over again. But we exist for these two reasons right here. We are here to help people discover and to recover. To discover the love of God, the promises of God, the things that God has for them, or to recover the things that have been taken away from them through time, through the world, through the enemy, through circumstances, whatever it is. We're here to help people discover and recover the promises of God. And my hope for you this season would be that you would hear the clear sound of God's invitation for relationship, that he wants you to discover that for the first time, or he wants you to recover it if it's been damaged, hindered, or suffered in any way, shape, or form. When I wrote this message, I thought to myself, most of our messages have a theme at the end of them, something that we aim at to do ministry over. Like at Easter, automatically, I think to myself, it's a great time to invite people who don't know Christ to know Christ. So many times at Christmas, we make it more about stuff and forget it might be the clearest message of God yelling at us, I love you. When I get to the end of this tonight, man, I want to give a clear sound that of all the things you can hear about Christmas, the one thing I want you to be assured of, the one sound I want you to hear, is God trying to get your attention and tell you that he loves you, that he wants peace with you, that he has a heart for you. Now, I know some of you sit here, and you nod your heads with me, because the sound is clear to you. And some of you, maybe for the very first time, would have the opportunity, rather than to push back, or to see it and never hear it, but to clearly hear tonight, God loves you. He wants you to discover and he wants you to recover. And I want to pray that for you. So would you pray with me? Father, we want to take just a few minutes right now and try to facilitate something that gets so muddied this time of year. It gets so 
so convoluted and so diluted by all the different sounds, Lord. The busyness, for sure, the commercialism. Sometimes tradition gets in the way. Hey, hear this real quick. Keep your eyes closed and your ears open. When we were praying for you this weekend, one of my pastors called out for some people because of the Christmases they had growing up. It's blocked them from being able to hear the Christmas message today. I thought, man, in a way that's sort of prophetic because some people that will hear this message this weekend at one of our campuses. Maybe this time of year for you doesn't have anything to do with hearing God's voice. Maybe the way you grew up, this was the worst time of year. One of the pastors prayed this, that for some people, it's a very depressing time of year. Gosh, I would hope, I would pray, I would ask that the Lord would remove that depression from your life and let you hear clearly that was never his intention when it comes to Christmas. God's intention over you, his purpose for you, his heart for you, never suffer. It was never hurt and it was never anguish. What God wants for you, discovery and recovery. So many people will come from so many different places this weekend and hear this message. God, I pray the common denominator for all of us would be the clarity of hearing God say to us that he loves us, that he desires peace with us, that his heart is for us. Man, I pray you could hear the good news very clearly tonight. I'll just ask for an opportunity to facilitate something for you. I do this from time to time, and I just believe that the Holy Spirit would have me do it right now. Not sure what your purpose for being around this weekend is. If you're a regular or a guest, or maybe it's the first time you've been here in a long time, not sure what would cause you to cross paths with us tonight, but I just know this. I don't do this every weekend. I only do it when I feel like the Holy Spirit put it in my heart to do it. So I believe it's got to be for specific people this weekend. If you don't have peace with God, if you've never said to God, I need your grace and I need your mercy. If your opinion is that God is harsh, judgmental, that if he is there, he certainly doesn't have good things. If you've never experienced really his love, then I want to facilitate something for you. I won't embarrass you. I won't ask you to stand. I won't send anybody to you. I won't ask anybody to look at you. I do this simply to facilitate an opportunity for you to experience God's grace, mercy, and love. Remember I said it takes two people to be at peace? God in his mercy, without us ever asking, offers us his mercy, his forgiveness, his life, 
But just because he offers it doesn't mean that it's automatic. It's got to be asked for or wanted by the other person. And if this weekend, as you hear this message, the clear sound to you is that God is saying to you, I love you. If what you hear is God offering you is grace and mercy and you go, Pastor, that's what I need. I need to experience that. I need God's life. Pastor, when you pray this weekend, would you remember me in your prayers? If that's you, again, I won't embarrass you, but I want to facilitate. If you need his grace and his mercy, if you hear him right now speak clearly to you and you say, John, I want peace with God. I want that relationship with him. Would you just raise your hand up right now? It's any of our campuses, wherever you are, just pray for me, pastor. Yep. Yep. Anybody else? Yep. I see you. You can put them right back down. Put them back down. Yep. See anybody else? Just pray for me. You can put it back down. Any of our campuses right now, our campus pastors are standing, looking. They're going to pray for you too. Anybody else? Just say pray for me. I want to experience that. Okay, here's how I want to facilitate it for you. My words are not what God is listening to right now. He wants to hear your heart. And so maybe you're like, I don't even know what to say or what to pray or how to approach God. Good. Don't do it with a preconceived idea or notion. Just do it right now from sincerity in your heart and say to him exactly what's in your heart. Like, God have mercy on me. God help me. You could even say, I don't even know how to approach you or how to say this, but I recognize my need for you right now. Any of those things are appropriate and all of them are okay. Just simply say, God, help me. Be merciful to me. Jesus said, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. When you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. As you hear him call right now, just say yes. Don't push away. Don't reject. Don't justify. Say yes, God. Help me. Be merciful to me. God, I need your peace. However you say it, he'll hear you. Father, as people this weekend cry out to you. Lord, like a mother's ear is well trained to hear her child above all the others, I know your ear right now is well trained to hear the voices that cry out to you. God, do what only you can do right now and bring mercy and bring grace and bring love, bring life. God, restore to us what's broken Help us discover the things that you have for us. God, let the message ring clear and true in our heart. Even like Josiah, hearing for the very first time, let people hear clearly for the very first time. God's greatest sound of Christmas is I love you. And I pray that over you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hey, before we let you go, campus pastor is going to give a little bit of instruction. Uh, for those of you who are here, so listen to this, and then we'll bless you. Have a great weekend.